With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. Welcome to the Five Fan Podcast. Hey, hey, Pod Four Two Seven, and it's uh, well one of the final pods of the season, unfortunately. But we are going to be reviewing Palace's one 0 win over Watford, which mathematically secured a tenth season in the Premier League for us, and mathematically did not secure another season for Watford. Uh, doing that with me, I have Jack Pierce. Hello to you, Jack. How are you doing? Uh, JD, I'm still buzzing after. Roy Hodgson blanking buzzing, his very good. buzzing. Oh, there you go. Yeah, unintentional. Have that Harry the Hornet if you're listening. But uh, yeah, no, I'm just loving. I'll just fill around my seat watching Roy just blow kisses to former supporters having relegations. It's just, it's just brilliant. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. We, oh, we will. Oh, we will. Uh, also returning, Grace Matheson. Grace, how are you doing? Hi, JD. Yes, good. Thank you. Yeah, also very delighted still off the back of, of Saturday's win. I think it's one of the most enjoyable Palace games in in recent memory. Although there has been quite a lot of those this season. We have been treated to some great moments, but I really think Saturday was the peak of that. Before we go any further, guys, uh, I'm delighted to say we've got a brand new sponsor this week. And that sponsor is Little Mouse. Now, Little Mouse is a fantastic new cheese and wine shop specialising in the very best of British cheeses. Located at 212A Selhurst Road. In Norwood. So that's about 30 seconds from Norwood Junction, near the clock tower. Perfect en route to Selhurst Park. And they are offering, Jack, you're going to love this, for FYP listeners, a bespoke selection of cheeses for just £17. And you can pick them up after the Man United game. So you can pre-order them now by going to littlemousecheese.com slash FYP to order. Would you like to hear about the cheeses? Go on. Uh, So I'm on the website now. It's a lovely big palace logo which is fantastic uh, but they've got uh options to choose from cheesemongers selection 
a soft cheese, a blue cheese, and a harder cheese. But you can also then pick vegetarian one option, no blue cheese, and uh, yeah, pay 17 quid and pick them up on the way after the Man United game. What a great way to round off the season. Well, very. I mean, I'm thinking that not only will the customer be grateful for the option of picking up after the game, but those <laughs> around said customer will be glad the option to pick those cheese up after the game is yeah. the option. Nothing like a uh, hot May day to uh, to ripen a cheese. So that's a lovely... So a uh, little, little message run by Gareth and Justina, Palace fans, and they're a new lovely. business. Um, so please do give them all, all your support on the day for Man United game, and also if you live locally as well. I believe they're the first ever cheese and wine shop in Norwood. I might have got that wrong, but I think they certainly might be. And I was thinking as well, guys, that, um, you know, when they do that, if they have a grand opening at some point, uh, they could get former Palace, Palace players down. They could have Aki Briolati. <laughs> you like that one? You like that? Yeah. 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 And they could also, Jack, welcome a former Australian midfielder. And when he walks in, they'd say, hello, me, Lay Chedernak. I mean, that's this, two in one. Terrible. This might be the shortest pod of the season. <laughs> <laughs> and also, guy. I mean, what? Oh, there's, a third, there's, there's one more. There's a third. Grace, what? Do, what would you say? What type of cheese would Wilfred Zaha eat? Do you think? Oh, I don't know. What sort of cheese would Wilfred Zaha eat? He'd clearly eat goat's cheese. Come <laughs> <laughs> oh, on. Oh. I asked my wife Miranda on the way back this morning. We went to uh, 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 the zoo this morning for her cheap palace cheese puns, and she came up with Charles Bergen Klopp. Not Palace. Not Palace. Uh, and Sheffield Wensleydale. Quite literally not Palace, but cheese puns nonetheless. We'll take them. There's more than I had prepared, and you, you did ask me to prepare some. So. I literally Likewise. did. Likewise. <laughs> yeah. Can anyone so, top those? Can anyone top those, those cheese no, puns? Or I, no? I, don't, I don't even want to enter the competition <laughs> at risk of being worse than some of those. So well done, and uh, lovely to have a new sponsor on board. Yes, Little Mouse in Norwood. So go to littlemousecheese.com slash FYP uh, to order your selection of cheeses for 17 quid and pick them up after the Man United game. And they did ask me to do puns, by the way. I haven't, I haven't just forced them into the advert. So they were well prepared that was going to happen. But uh, please do, please do support them. Um, but speaking of supporting, shout out to random patrons. So can we get the, uh, yes. the biggest drum roll we can do, possibly? It's Adam Roberts. Hey, Adam. Hello, Adam. Ooh. Now... Adam is the brother, if you recognise the name Roberts from last week, of Bryn Roberts, who was our shout-out last week. Adam messaged and said, why have you shouted out Bryn and not me? He's a new patron. I've been here for five years. He doesn't even drink Diet Coke. So, I don't know, Jack, can we revert the shout-out from last week and give it to Adam? No, but I just just think, you know, calling it shout-out to a random patron (laughs) may have suffered this week as a consequence of uh, axing family gears. But, you know... Both brothers are welcome. Thank you for your support to both brothers. And if you have any other relatives that want to join the patron, <laughs> the link is JD. That's beautiful. Patron.com slash FYP podcast. That is just superb. I would say actually we are, you know, we are we are strengthening family bonds. Absolutely. On this podcast. That's what we're doing. We're keeping people together uh, yeah. but no adam has been a, uh, a patron for five years and is a big fan of the pod so thank you very much for your support and Bryn, who's recently come on board as well and of course like those guys you can get um post-match podcast patron only merchandise uh, and access to the patron only discord club depending on what tier you choose at patreon.com slash fyp podcast uh i think we should get on with the actual talking about palace shall we seeing as we're now about 20 minutes into the pod <laughs> um grace there's only one place to start with 
the Watford game. Sheffield Wensleydale. I mean, uh... <laughs> uh, it's got to be Roy. I mean, there was various moments. You know, we wondered what sort of reception he'd get. He got a polite reception, although it was while Gladlover was playing as the teams came out. So, so muted, but polite. He then got another one at the start of the second half. And then it all just, the loving kicked in at the final whistle. What, what, what are your thoughts when all that was going down? I mean, if, if I was a Watford fan, which thankfully I'm not, I'd have been absolutely sick at the sight <laughs> of all of it and utterly repulsed at what was going on whilst my club were getting relegated in front of my very eyes. But given that we were on the flip side of it, I thought it was brilliant. It was, it was everything that we didn't get to give Roy at the end of last season when I, I was there for the Arsenal game um, for his final home game. But it was just never the sort of send-off that someone like Roy and what he gave to the club deserved. Um, I didn't quite imagine that the send-off he would get would be quite as good as as what we were able to give him and also whilst riling up all the Watford fans at the same time. So, yeah, I, I thought it was brilliant. Although I, I did did enjoy the um, many references to him doing uh, a lap of honour of the pitch, which was quite the exaggeration given he literally had to walk in that direction yeah, to, yeah, get, yeah. to get down the tunnel. But if it, if it annoys the Watford fans even more, We'll take it. Exactly. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, exactly. He was w- walking down the tunnel. He, he didn't seek out the Palace fan. It just so happened. It obviously is in the corner. He, with... was, he was going home. He was going <laughs> he, home. He was like leaving work. And, you know, it's not his fault. He got serenaded by several thousand <laughs> Palace fans. Imagine leaving the office and you just got I think he hated every fans. moment. I think he hated every moment. I don't think he enjoyed that for one second. <laughs> I, just, I just think that, that there's, um, that it was a lovely moment. But I guess the blowing of the kisses is probably where it where it went was, over to proper loving rather than thanks very that, much. That was the chef kiss moment. That was absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Because somebody said that he'd blow kisses. I thought I didn't see him blow kisses. Yeah. There is there's footage, isn't there? Of yeah. Him absolutely loving it. And uh it got better with the interviews after the game where he said the Watford fans were too far away. <laughs> um I mean the fact that on the final whistle. He literally embraced James Tompkins like a son that he hadn't seen for a few years because of the pandemic. And then the pictures of him and Wilf and Wilf clearly loving saying hello to him and being with him. Um, yeah, it, from a Palace perspective, it was great. But I'm with Grace. If I was a Watford fan, I'd be absolutely furious. Like I, I wouldn't have been able to control my rage, I don't think. Um, it was just a very uh, peculiar set of circumstances, I guess, in that. It is the first chance that, as Greg said, most of us had a chance to say goodbye to Roy. I was there last year, but it wasn't the send-off that we all wanted to to give him. And it's the first time he's been back to a full Selhurst. And it just so happened to be the day that um, he uh, oversaw a relegation. I don't think that... Is that the first relegation he's overseen in his career as well? Or one of one of only a few that he's been manager for? Um, so maybe he just doesn't know how to respond to relegation. Maybe he just thought that's the normal way. I don't know, but it was it was hilarious from a Palace perspective. It was great. I'm glad he got the um, the applause at the start, as you say, JD, the polite applause at the start, and then the the rendition of one of our own at the end was was great. And it came on the back of a win. Um, you know, we'll talk about the performance. So it was you know it's a good good atmosphere in the in the ground. Um, but yeah, as, as a Watford fan, I can imagine. Why you'd be furious. To be honest, I was expecting uh, there to be a club statement out on Monday morning to say the parties had had gone their separate ways. But as I understand, as of 
you know, 1.30 on, on Tuesday, he is still Watford manager. So um, they have a game tomorrow night against Everton. So it'd be interesting to see what reception yeah. um, he gets that night. But uh, yeah, anyway, g- glad he got the reception he deserved um, and uh, glad we sent them down. So two glads, two glads in one. I was glad all over. <laughs> Very good. He won't, well, he won't be blowing them kisses, will he? I think it'll be Ridge Road. Um, there was a lovely uh, screen grab. Someone got a TV, I guess from Sky Sports News, where the ticker said, Watford relegated to the championship. And it was literally him laughing with James Tompkins and Will. I mean, it just doesn't get any better. Although I guess it it probably helped us, the fact that we had won and it had been quite a comfortable win. Had, I don't know, had they still gone down, but they'd won or something, maybe it would have been different. And and I think as well, it didn't help the fact that Watford fans have not been enjoying Roy's manager for the last few months anyway. Like it's, it's not like they bravely battled against the drop. They've been, they've lost 11 games at home on the bounce, which is a Premier League record, which is, which is obviously awful. So I think, I don't know if it was just a case of no love lost between the two of them. And Roy was like, well, this is, it's pointless me even going over there. I, I don't know, but I, I just, I enjoyed it. We had a few questions. Um, Stephen Goldring says, excellent hey, work. Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Excellent work. Agent Hodgson. I think <laughs> is how we should call him now. Yeah. Um, and then secret accounts one two three. That's oh, okay. I don't know if I should be reading this out. Um, can you blame Roy? For two pounds I... a month. Send me your yeah. <laughs> Someone's burner account. I, I, I should check the other tweets first. Really. Um, can you blame Roy for clapping off our fans and not Watford? You can't really, Grace. Can you? Given everything. No, I don't think so. And, and like um, Jack said in that interview afterwards where he said that the Watford fans were too far away, which I enjoyed. But there was also, I think he said that that's not really his his style to go over and do that. And it made me think that in all his time with us, I don't ever really, he just wasn't really about that sort of thing. But in the, in the circumstances, I think maybe it might have been time for him to have broken his sort of usual routine and maybe have acknowledged them or done something acknowledged um, yeah at least acknowledged just gone a quick quick wave and back back over to Wilf and Tompkins oh, um but yeah no I can't blame him at all and like you say it does seem that there's there's no love lost between them and given how Watford's history of treating their managers can't really blame either party and as a fan I wouldn't want my club to be on that constant managerial merry-go-round and yeah, I think he'll get a nice, nice payoff, a nice holiday, and off into the sunset goes Roy again. Yeah, and I think it will be the sunset this time. I think probably. I know he said last time it was. I think it it probably will be. Um, I think Jack. There's been reports on Twitter without trying to turn this too much into the Watford podcast. So I know some listeners have been thinking I, I'd love to do that. Um, I think he inherited a, an awful squad, zero leaders, very on Roy. He he was never going to keep them up. And I think he probably discovered over a few months, actually, that there's a lot of coasters in that. I think he probably just got very annoyed. Just have to you look know. at that performance of theirs on Saturday. You know, they yeah. had to win that game and Palace will have had fewer easier games in the Premier League era since 2013, I think. Um, obviously, we've now got the quality to, to mean that we can dictate a game like that. But in terms of the opposition threat, um, I don't really recall much happening other than that cross that kind of zipped across the six-yard box with about two minutes to go. It was really the only time where I felt Butland had any jeopardy in his penalty area and their performance, no no fight, no passion. And, you know, we did control the game and we did play the ball around them and um, and play well, but I felt we had more gears to go into as well if we needed to. Um, and I, I turned to my mate at one stage and I was like, they've got, to, I, they've got to win this today to stay up. And that was before they went down to, to 10 men for two very soft, both yellow cards, but to lose a man to that, 
is that would drive me mad as a Watford fan as well. And again, even even he, you know, walking back. I mean, he walked that far, didn't he, across the pitch? So Roy could have done it, but um, no, he he walked back. And I don't think I've seen a, a Palace player or a, an opposition player be so unbothered by being yeah. sent off. He was almost like, you know, looking forward to the bath that he's going to have before the players get back in. It was, it was ridiculous. The whole vibe about Watford and what Selzy said in the post-match pod about there being what, two delegates for the club in the, in the boardroom. Um, and, yeah. and, and typically out there's of 12 or out of 12 seats and it's just, just sums them up and, you know, not to make this a Watford podcast, but I think seeing Watford and, and the, the shape they're in at the moment, again, it's just testament to, to the positive place that we're in as a club. And it's really reassuring to, to compare the two because it's probably fair to say at a point, Palace and Watford were comparable. Yeah. Both came up in, in similar times, um, invested the squad always in the similar part of, of the league. But you know, looking, looking at the two as, as clubs rather than just football teams, you know, the football team, that argument's kind of put to bed by the two results against them this season. But just as clubs, we've, we seem to have progressed and cemented ourselves as that top flight club that Watford would love to be. But yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if we see Watford uh, back in the Premier League for, for a little while. And, and I'm not sad to say that. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to lose a lot of players, I think, um, this summer. I th- that's a really good point, Grace, isn't it? That I think, actually, it was a nice chance for us to not only say goodbye to Roy, look how far we've come in a year, because that Roy team sort of battling to stay in the game, although they, we didn't make much effort, but they were still in it at 1-0, was a team we've seen many times at Palace. And yet, you look at the opposition, us, and the way we were playing, and, and, and the front five we had, who played really well, we've come such, such a long way in a short time the stylish new manager who's changed almost everything about the club. I think it was a nice chance for us to be like, oh, wow, look how far we have come. And as Jack says, comparable to a team that at one point we probably were on a level playing field. So that in itself was a nice chance for us to, I guess, appreciate the journey we've had this season. It was definitely. And I mean, yeah, if, if we go back to the start of the season, no one really knew quite what to expect. We had all the negative journalists and everyone predicting left, right and centre and, I think even we as fans didn't quite know what to expect, but you're always sort of cautiously optimistic, aren't you? But I think it's turned out better than than any of us could have hoped. And yeah, completely summed up by on Saturday, seeing almost a, a before and after in the two teams. Um, although I, I agree that Roy had better tools at his disposal when he was with us than he does with that Watford team. But the, the style... Um, yeah, and that's that's been evident throughout games this year, even in games where we might not have won and games that we probably should have won, but where we've played so well that you just think I wouldn't wouldn't swap back to where we were before for the world. Yeah, completely agree. Um, we've, we've just come so far. And and as you say, people at the start of the season, you know, did have us to go down and, and, and Vieira to be sat and, and we've actually had a fantastic season. We're going to end up hopefully mid-table. Could even be top top half, really, given the... Uh, the game's got to go and cup semi-final. It's been it's been a great season. I just think do, that was a do nice... you guys think that when Vieira took Wilf off with 10 minutes to go, and I think that might have been after he maybe got kicked again, if he's walking on on slightly sore ankles after the last few weeks, he, I think he took one from Watford's right back and he got taken off. Do you, do you think Roy looks at that sub thinking, he can be taken off? Like it was, <laughs> The idea of Roy ever taking Wilf off was so alien to us all because you know, for so much of Roy's tenure, he was the threat. The, the sole threat, certainly the main threat um, in, in so many of those four years. I know Loftus-Cheek and Kabai, Townsend, that, you know, players did chip in, but 
for a lot of that four years, Wilf was the go-to in terms of getting us up the pitch and being the goal threat. So I never really, and I know we've talked about this throughout the season, about, you know, is Wilf more subbable than he ever was? And the answer is probably is yes. I still wouldn't want him to be subbed unless he had to be. But it was funny to actually see Roy in the opposition dugout, see him actually be substituted because that in itself is a an indication of how far we've come, that we have the options on the bench. We have the options and the flexibility in, in playing staff now that we can fill that Wilf hole if we need to. And, and it's, it's a real step in the right direction for the club. No club should be so reliant on one player as we were at times during the Hodgson era. So to add one or two additional threats is great, but to have the bevy of threats, which Vieira chose to start most of them on, on Saturday was, was really interesting. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, JD. I, th- I think this season, whatever happens in the next few games, whether we finish ninth, you know, 13th, the points tally is already higher than many fans expected and the league position is is probably safer than a lot of people suspected. Probably influenced by that media noise that, that Grace talks about, about the fact that Vieira would be the first manager to be sacked and, and everything that goes with a new manager and, a, and particularly a new playing staff. But yeah. It was uh, that that particular subbing of Wilf. It, it struck me as being kind of a moment in time in it, in itself, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, I wonder if sort of Roy was stood on the touchline, looking at the options that Fiera had, thinking I'd have loved to have had these kind of attacking options in my team, yeah. and not just Jordan Ayew for three seasons. Uh, <laughs> or, or 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 no, what Roy said, like, whether he was stood there looking at that, thinking, do you know what, good on Palace, like, I've given them this platform. And they've really built on it in a year. I think that's probably true. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. sense any bitterness from Roy in that the club moved on. I think that conversation with Roy last year was was one that the club and him had, and it was an honest one. And it was, you know, Roy, we're not going to give you a new contract because of the change of direction. The fact all those contracts ran out at the same time. I'm sure he would have loved to have stayed and overseen that transition, but he probably acknowledged his own circumstance and and realised, yeah, okay, it's probably best to give someone. He's so football wise, Roy. Yeah. I think he sees the picture of the now, but he does see the bigger picture as well. And um, I, we've talked about it before. I, I feel that Watford job probably wasn't the right one for him. Um, and I'm sad that that's maybe tainted his last memories of football management. I don't think he'll get another job now. Um, I think he's about to turn 75. So, you know, another year on, um, but uh, he'll, he'll always be a palace legend to be honest. And for what he did for four years, you know, I know he, he annoyed some with the team selection, and the tactic, but we wouldn't be where we were right now if we hadn't had four years of Roy, simple as that. Yeah. And I think as well, it puts to bed everything about Roy. We can, we you know we've said our final goodbyes. Now we can stop comparing Roy and Vieira. We, we're, we're in a new season, you know, a new, new era. Now we can just move on with it. Roy has been part of that. We're here because of him, but we have progressed past what he did because of Vieira. And we can all just stop comparing. Well, I was gonna say chalk and cheese, but I'm not trying to get it onto more cheese puns. I promise <laughs> that'll come later. Um, I guess in terms of talking points then, Grace, uh, obviously the, the, the red card, which Jack has mentioned, also the penalty. I mean, it was uh, it was well taken by Wilf. Elise header onto um, Hassan Kamara's hand. They claimed he was pushed. Have you watched yeah. it back? Do you think there was a push in there? I have. There was there was a bit of a push, and it's, it's one of those where if it had been given against us, I'd probably have been fuming on that basis. But also, because it's Watford and because it went in <laughs> our favour, I'm like, great, great refereeing. And, also, on that note, actually, I did think Graham Scott, as the ref, had a had a really good game. Yeah. Um, I know we're always quick to... This is how how few talking points there were from the game, that the referee being good <laughs> is one of them. Um, but, yeah, I thought he, he did the game really well and let it flow. 
um, but sort of nipped in the bud any of their cynical kicking or tackling which and soft fouls which yeah ultimately caught caught him out from a silly silly challenge late on and it was him that gave away the penalty as well so bad bad day at the office for him yeah terrible day yeah do you know what i hadn't even noticed the referee jack apart from he delayed kickoff by about half an hour to get everyone to <laughs> pop literally every single balloon which ben foster was loving by the way which again is an insight into maybe how focused watford were on the game um but actually yeah it's a fair point but what were your thoughts on on the on the penalty because actually watching it back i can sort of, he sort of pushes him before he jumps but once he's jumped he's sort of like his arms are still out there but i, I guess maybe if it's against us i might be might be a bit annoyed I think it's a foul. I'm surprised that was given, <laughs> to, to be honest. I, I think between the linesman and uh, and Graham Scott's position, I, I think one of them should should see that as a foul. And then if they want the VAR to go back and see if it was a foul, because it was certainly handball, um, and then they could go back and see, because they could have still used VAR to see whether it was a penalty and see if it was a foul. But um, I was surprised it, the, the, the push wasn't detected and less surprised that VAR didn't pick it up. But I was surprised the initial push wasn't given because it looked quite blatant to me, but it wasn't. Uh, Kamara's hands were extended beyond what they should have been. I think he exaggerated his reaction to the push um, and that exaggeration cost them the penalty. Yeah. Um, I thought Graham Scott, you know, I've just said, I think he got the only decision of the game wrong, but <laughs> I still thought he had a, <laughs> I thought he had a pretty good game. He, he does seem to control a game. We've talked about throughout the season, referees controlling games and managing um, a fixture rather than, anything else a lot of the time you know we took Darren England for example Kevin Friend home to Liverpool they lost control of the game whereas Graham Scott maintains control he's constantly talking to both sets of players um, and he also was referee of the uh, the Wolves home match back in uh, November which was another another very good refereeing performance as well so um, he's one of those referees that you know you might get a couple of times a season he doesn't often get the big games on TV so he might bypass a lot of fans but I think in, in terms of refereeing style he's he's yeah, probably one of the better ones in the league. And, um, you know, with, with the performances that we've seen from some referees this season, um, I think uh, he'd be welcome back at Selhurst any time soon. But, yeah, not not a penalty for me, but Wilf dispatched it nonetheless. And um, for those of you coming on this journey with me in terms of his uh, Premier League goals, that's goal number 60 for, for Wilf. He, he says goodbye to those that he was with. He now sits alongside just David Silva. Um, wow. Yep, so that that's really good. But sixty Premier League goals. Um, that was was that his thirteenth this season? Yeah, which um, I think uh, takes some level with Harry Kane. Late level with Harry Kane, and I think he's also the top scorer out of the top yeah. six. Um, he he's the top scorer in the league. So uh, not bad for a bloke who's past it, can't get past anyone. Um, <laughs> I got no end product. He's, he's yeah, got no end product. And I know spends his whole time diving. Yeah, <laughs> spends his whole time on yeah. the floor. Yeah, scores a lot of goals from the floor, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, <laughs> great. Um, and and he can see the goal even though he's crying all the time. So yeah, he's, he's having a great season. Um, but no, it's it's a really impressive return for Wilf. Um, and you know, we, we Dom and I, and with you last week, JD talked about his contract. And, and I don't want to become the the Wilfred Zaha contract chat. You know, while we've still got games to play, but that is such an important story for for Palace this summer. Um, you know that if it's agreed, that will remove all the prospect of next season being dominated by chat about, about Wilf. Um, but yeah, we've just got to enjoy him. He's just a wonderful player. He, he took his penalty well, but he's just his overall performance on Saturday. Some lovely touches. There was one moment in the first half where he, he took the ball across the whole pitch with some lovely skill, lost it, but then went back and won it again. And it's that sort of determination and fighting him that, you know, the, the lazy narrative about him just loses. He's such a fighter. He's so tough. He wins 
balls back when he shouldn't win ball. He holds defenders off when he shouldn't hold defenders off. The, the bloke's sensational, but this lazy narrative has stuck with him so long now, I doubt it's ever going to go away, which is a real shame for him and for us to have to continue listening to it. But another great performance, and um, uh, I'm sure he enjoyed the uh, the the game result, but the uh, the consequence for, for the opposition as well. I'm sure he had a, a wry smile. Well, he, he had a smile with the manager of the opposition for one, so yeah. yeah. He literally had a smile. He yeah. literally had a smile on his face. Fair play to him. No, he was fantastic. Will he show up in our winners and losers? Uh, he may well do. There's quite a few candidates, I suspect. We'll take a quick break now, and we'll come back with winners and losers and find out. We all take on different roles every day. One minute, you're a parent. The next, a chef or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge, for every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.
Welcome back to the Fuffy Fan Podcast. Pod four two seven sponsored this week by Little Mouse, a fantastic new cheese and wine shop in Norwood, and you can get a bespoke selection of cheeses, which is seventeen pounds, and pick them up after the Man United game, pre-game, pre-order only. Uh, just go to littlemousecheese.com slash fyp. And of course, if they want any ex Palace players to be there to promote the cheeses, they could have Fromage Fraser Campbell. <laughs> or, or this is this and Jack. This is one out of the uh, the archives. Or Monterey Jack Hunt. <laughs> oh my god I don't think that guy ever made appearance for Crystal Palace I'm not club. sure he did No, I'm not I think sure we signed did. him and then sold him before he ever started but yeah have we not got a better Jack? <laughs> Butland Butland <laughs> yeah the guy who started in goal for us <laughs> got, yeah he sorry. started in goal for us 72 hours ago and you went for a bloke who hasn't played for us before wow I think that says more about me than Jack Butler, but I'm, you, I'm do, sorry, Jack. Do you know what? Jack Hunt played for Sheffield Wednesday last night, and after your wife's Sheffield Wednesday gag, that's the second Sheffield Wednesday <laughs> reference. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. I'm turning it to a Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday day or podcast. What like you're doing? enjoying the pod this week, owl fans. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> right. Oh, more cheese puns later on. Um, this is, of course, uh, part two, winners and losers. So it's a patron-only section. We're going to split now from the public feed and the patron feed. So listening on the public feed, you'll hear a clip from the post-match pod this weekend, which you can also get um, on our patron, patron.com slash podcast. And if you want to hear our winners and losers each week, do sign up to that and you'll get to hear that as well as the post-match pod. So let's split now. Did you, uh, did you enjoy the game? I did, insofar as we got another win. Uh, obviously, we've decided that we can now win by one goal margin, so we've, we've stuck with that. <laughs> yeah. I think quite deliberately we've tried to put that uh, one behind us. But no, it was, a good, it was a good game. I thought we lost our way after we scored for most of the remainder of the game. But no, it was, a, it was a enjoyable, and, and I thought you know it's great. I was really pleased to see uh, uh, the, the team continue the way that they've sort of been playing for most of the season. There's a couple of times where... You know, I thought we were amazing. There was a pass that Anderson did in the first half, but if that had been Van Dyke, everyone would be eulogising about it. It was just incredible. Um, but no, we've got to be happy with that, I think, and certainly it's, it's one to build on for the for last few games of this season and into, the, into next season. JD is a yeah. Watford fan. Um, <laughs> I knew you were waiting to do something like that. It must, it must have been disappointing for you to see them play so, so tepidly. I just want to say on behalf of all Buckinghamshire Eagles... Um, slash Watford fans no I think actually Joe's point about Palace in the second half not being as good I wonder how much that was down to Roy actually and cause it, it felt like watching a Palace team of last season actually and sort of Palace of old and actually that's exactly what they would have wanted is to frustrate us and still be in the game at, at 1-0 and they could have nicked something I mean as it, as it happens Villa beat Burnley 3-0 so I'd, I because that, that means Watford are down anyway. Aren't they? Yeah, they're down because we beat them. But anyway, anyway I'm not, not sure whether a goal would have saved them. Anyway, point being, I think we were frustrated today by Watford. I don't think we were bad, but I think Watford actually came with a bit of a game plan and actually weren't, were, were quite diligent with it, to be honest. My beloved Hornets, I thought they did, did okay. Um, so and actually, it did make for quite a sort of dull second half, actually. It, it's a bit weird, though, because we're, we're talking about the dullness of it, but we'd have, had it not been for Ben Foster making two or three really three, good saves, yeah, yeah. it would have been three or four nil. It could have been three or four nil. And, and he really did make a big difference for Watford. I think yeah. he saved from Edouard, the, yeah. the one that hit the post that was between mm. his legs, but actually mm. saved it. Mateta header. That Mateta he then, header. Then Mateta Gay's then, header right. as well. Yeah. Uh, and then also uh, Elise's chance, which he tipped over the bar as well. And So there's, there, there were plenty of opportunities 
opportunities. It did, it, it did feel a little bit kind of... <sighs> It had, it had a really weird vibe today because, like, you, I know that the HF were doing the um, display that they couldn't do at well, top tier of the display from Wembley. So there's balloons going off at the start of the game. It felt like a sort of promotion party, like we took one promotion and we were celebrating it in the sunshine or slash pre-season friendly vibe to it. There, there was sort of zero sort of um, intensity to it, as you'd expect, because Palace are more than safe. And Watford had to bring the intensity, and they didn't. They, they just sort of came to like, oh, keep it, keep it, you know, keep it solid, see what happens, and then obviously we get a Stonewall penalty. Of course, it's Wilf. Sends them down, which is beautiful. The fans at the end singing, you know, Wolf is sending you down. Oh, so good, lovely. You couldn't, you couldn't script it really. Palace comfortable win, sending Watford down. Zaha getting the penalty and Roy blowing a kiss to the homestead at the end. I mean, it's it's a full house. Of, you know, it's super. Couldn't have gone any better. Would have been nice to be in a couple more goals. And as you say, Foster kept them in. in. And I want to hear you, your guys' thoughts on Edward at top actually, because I thought he played quite well today. But but otherwise, it was it was sort of routine, wasn't it? It did it did feel routine really. Um, it's a bit of a. It, I, I like to look at Watford as a, as a good example of what where we would be had we not kind of made the steps we have done over the course of the last what ten years now, nearly nine years. Um, and, and the difference is stark, isn't it? I mean, Watford really looked very kind of just a bit meandering. Like that, that approach to their approach to, to doing football is very kind of non-committal. You don't really have big players. The one the, the, the big players that they have or had. Troy Deeney, for example, who would have been able to drag them up by Carrick. by their scruff by the scruff of their necks, just gone. So now they just look like a completely characterless side. I think they're a team of individuals. I didn't see any real collectiveness to them at all today. Unlike us, and again, over the last couple of years, it's really felt like even last year. I think there was a, a togetherness with Palace, yeah. um, whereas and that's really built gone this year. And as I say, I think this, you know, as you said, there off the field clearly transmits itself to on the pitch. And I mean, again, I, I suppose Adam's going to be demanding we now sign Saar uh, but I mean he was I mean really he's not the player he was certainly two or three no. years ago and, and I, you know, I was talking to some people around us and we were saying is there anyone on that team because obviously that's where you go for your first thought about who do you pick up as a player and I can't think of any one player that I think would be suitable for Palace in terms of the style that we play now and, and it is a shame you know they are a team that it, as much as obviously JD loves to talk about them but you know it's a, it's a great game to go to isn't it so you always look at that too and it's a shame but you know I feel I feel for them in so far as you know they have such a long way to go now and I, and I can't see them bouncing back I really can't yeah it's a weird one really with them it almost feels like they're happy to the, the owners of the club are happy to just bounce them up and down earn the money get the parachute payments hopefully get them up again and, and just move players around and, and essentially the entire club because they're, they're owned by this group that, of, of lots of different football clubs it's like they absorb the, di- the, 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 the financial hit because they, 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 that's just how it works enough about Watford uh, JD's here we don't really if we wanted to talk about Watford we could have him talking about it um, how, how good were our centre back pairing um, in Gaye and, and Anderson again today I thought Anderson is just he's just Rolls Royce, isn't he, with his passing? Incredible player. I mean, I, I, he really is. I, I feel he's uh, what, you know, he's the best centre back I think we've ever had, and, and that's hard to say because Gay is so good as well. You know, it's kind of it's it, it is. They're, they're sort of there's nothing between them in terms of their capability, and and I think today Gay obviously picked up a knock, and obviously I think that did impact on his play. But Anderson is just a truly, truly great player, and, it, and I'm yeah, it's a, you almost feel proud to have him at our club. It's a, it's a privilege, isn't it? It feels like, it especially yeah, with Gay yeah. as well. Well, but do you feel like that with the, quite a few of our players? At least say I feel the same same sort of way. Like we're really trying to enjoy him while he's here because 
I mean, there's rumours of a bid in the summer. I hope that won't happen. I hope we get at least another season out of him. But he is. He reminds me of when you know Matt Janssen joined, and it just felt like a. I know I brought it back to me again. But um, it, it felt. But again, it felt like this player, like he's from another planet, almost like he's so talented. And, and Elise is just. It's just insanely talented. But you're right, Anderson, Gahey, all the. I mean, Eze is getting back to. I thought again, look better today. Getting back to what we know we can do. All, all these players. Uh-huh. Wilf, of course. But I mean, Wilf. We said before, falls in that category of so good that you just expect the best from him and he was good again today but I think this is a whole not just like Anderson and Gehi this is a whole team to savour and enjoy at the moment because it might get broken up at some point it might not who knows you know but 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 it probably will because it's Wilper Palace and we're not you know a top six team but they are a joy to watch at times and today wasn't quite the same but I mean you're right the centre-backs are yeah they probably are the two best centre-backs we've ever had we've got them at the same time and that is that is absolutely mad really um and even you never feel I, and this is a weird quality being a Palace fan I never feel worried with them that they're going to make any horrendous errors I know the start of the season there's a few you know iffy moments but that's been ironed out I just never feel particularly worried anymore I've sort of come to sell us feeling like fairly confident we'll get something we'll be in the game and we'll give it a go and in fact in 2022 I think we've how many have we lost at home West Ham Liverpool Chelsea Chelsea and it's now been, I think, five clean sheets since then. I mean, this is at, at Selhurst Park. You know, we are very, very good. Weird, really, yeah, yeah. doesn't it? It's, it's not. It's not typical Palace, is it? You know, <laughs> no. Um, do you, you talked about Edward? I really thought he had a great game today. As yeah. much as he obviously didn't get on the score sheet, his running both on and off the ball, I think, was incredible. I, and he, you could tell he was getting a bit frustrated at times because the ball was being blamed to him. But he didn't give up, and I, and I was really pleased that he wasn't substituted. I thought it was great yeah, to keep yeah. him on for ninety minutes to probably help his help him too with his sort of confidence but it, he, he really looked like the player that we saw back in September at, yeah. at, the, start of the, at the start of the season really Well if that goal goes in, the, the one that Foster says or hits the post, I mean then he's guaranteed to start at the end of the season he, he's just, It's a great run he's, similar to sort of the, the, uh, the Norwich goal from back in December but if, he, if that goes in then he's justified his selection and, and Edward's back and everyone on match today be saying oh yeah I knew he was good, he was great and he's back in the team and we know actually that it's quite it is it was quite fluid that forward line, although I know that Vieira settled on Mateta, but we do have those options. I hope we do see more of Edward to the end of the season. I hope he's still here next season as well, because I think today he's shown he, he definitely has something to offer, 100%. And actually, it, it gives us these... We talk about that with Mateta, Benteke and Edward being three different strikers, and if we could combine all three of them, sort of the fly style, then we'd have like the best striker in the Premier League. But it is nice having those different options. Ben and Edward, Ben Tedward would be... Ben Tedward! <laughs> uh, I'm going to name the podcast Ben Tedward this is. But, um, you know, in terms of ability with the feet I think Edward's the best out of the, the three really and um, yeah I thought he was excellent today again an, an, an opportunity sorry an example same as what Mateta did back in December of a striker being given a chance and I think, I think taking it really despite lack of goal Right, that's it. That's our winners and losers this week. If you didn't hear that, but you want to, join us at patreon.com slash FYP podcast. And you can hear that every week, plus post-match podcasts after every game. Uh, but right now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, questions from our listeners. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. 
a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Family Plan Podcast. Hey. Pod four two seven sponsored this week by Little Mouse. Little Mouse is a cheese and wine shop in Norwood, and you can get a bespoke selection of cheeses just for FYP listeners for seventeen pounds. Pick them up after the Man United game. It's pre-order only from littlemousecheese.com slash FYP. And actually, Jack, there is a current player who who actually isn't getting much game time who could pop down and get some cheese, and that's uh, Gyro Breedevald. <laughs> well at least at least he does play for palace yeah. and has played for palace so yeah, yeah. kudos, kudos it's an improvement that. it's an improvement <laughs> uh right okay so let's look into questions of our listeners as ever uh i think our listeners are so in tune with us we've answered most of the questions already uh but a few we haven't um are from finn oh, i need to check this one before i read it finn finnal pay Freeman. hi hey, finn. mate hey <laughs> Hello, mate <laughs> 
I don't know. I've got that wrong. Sorry. Um, Edward for the rest of the season hasn't left a question mark on the end, but I'm guessing it's a question rather than a statement, unless he knows something we don't. But Edward for the rest of the season obviously did get a start um, on Saturday. And then PC Wires. Hello, PC. Hey, PC. Who last week, well, he's referenced it's his own question it's from Vera's last week. It's Vera's mate, isn't it? It's, it's Vera's mate. After autocorrecting Vieira into Vera, <laughs> um, which we had a lot of fun with last week, um, what are the odds on autocorrect turning Edward into Edward? Not as not as fun that one, not as fun. Um, but he hasn't. He's actually managed to write it, Edward, with even the accent above the e. So um, he's paying he, extra care this week. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Jack, what were you thinking about Edward then? Because he did get a sort of final start. He comes up most weeks. I thought he had a very good game. Unlucky to score a fantastic goal as well. Uh, they hit yeah. the post. Um, but do you think he's um, given Vieira something to think about? Sorry, given Vieira something to think about for the rest of the season? <laughs> I thought he played. Um... He played really well. I, I, he's clearly a very, very technically able footballer. His, his close control is excellent, as demonstrated by that chance that he created for himself. And I think it does go down as a Foster save. I think it was Foster's ricochet off his inside. Bit uh, lucky, is bit lucky, path. Foster. Yeah. Well, he wasn't using those gloves, was he? So, you know, it's those <laughs> key gloves. But um, it was... Uh, a wonderful bit of skill to to make the chance and then he hits the target and then if that goes in we're all raving about him and it's not a question he would be starting for the rest of the season yeah. if he if he scores goals like that um, I thought some of his link up play was was lovely um, I mean if there's ever any question for me with him it's that he doesn't occupy the centre halves he seems to play a bit further or a bit deeper into the pitch than than what a centre forward typically would but I think that's probably the same with a lot of teams I mean you only got to look at Spurs Liverpool, um, City for a lot of the time. They don't play with a number nine. City will next season. Um, and, and if we keep clean sheets against City next season, by the way, if, <laughs> if they do sign uh, Erling Haaland, then oh, yeah, that'll be another great achievement. But I, I think it's interesting. Edouard's playing probably a modern striker. And because we've had the strikers that we've had over the last few years, you know, particularly Christian Benteke, being that bustling number nine who occupies centre-half so much, it will take time for, for Palace fans, including myself, to expect that anyone that plays centrally to not do that. Um, but no, I thought he had a very good performance and, and I think did enough to, to, to keep the shirt for, um, for next Sunday against Villa, for sure. Mateta came on, did what Mateta does. Some nice touches, header on target. That was a good save from Ben Foster with those gloves. Um, so it was, it, was a, it was a positive return to the team for Edouard. I... I I, I was surprised last week the, the kind of comments about Edouard in terms of you know what's his future at Palace. This is his first season in a in a league which is far superior. Sorry, Scotland fans, but it's far superior to the league that he's come from, and he's going to end the season with at least six goals. Which I think if if it was a striker say from Holland or from you know, I don't know, Austria or somewhere like that, probably a league that you could compare the SBL to. I think we'd probably say, oh, that's a good first season. But for some reason, the, the criticism is is stronger for, for Edward. But no, I've seen enough. And I, I really hope he's part of next season's plans because I think there's a real player there. I remember, Grace, when uh, Glenn Murray signed for Palace. So we're obviously going back a bit now. And um, he'd come from Brighton on a free, so instant Palace legend. But I remember Friedman, who was manager at the time, saying, don't judge him on his first season, judge him on his second season because, it, you know, players take time to bed in and first season he scored a handful of goals and second season obviously scored 31 goals and we got promoted and so Dougie was absolutely right and I've always gone back to that moment and always thought about that when any player comes up particularly a striker 
that as Jack says, you do have to give them time. And I think Edward has shown in this season in flashes, he had a little spell before Christmas where he banged a few in, obviously the debut against Spurs, that he does have the quality. So I think he's right. Give us to an end of next season. If Edward still isn't a regular or scoring, then it's a different conversation. But did you see enough on Saturday to think that, you know, there is a player in there that is worth giving the time to? Definitely. And and I agree with what Jack said about his view on people sort of expecting or from the past of having this this big target man in the middle amongst the centre-backs causing real havoc. And it's interesting, I sat in a different seat from usual on Saturday and the, the men I was sat next to, the less said about them, the better, to be honest. But um, from about 20, 25 minutes in, two of them were just consistently slagging off Edward and be like, oh, sub him, get him off the pitch, he's doing nothing. And I'm sat right next to them, obviously watching a completely different game from what they were seeing. Um, but yeah, I agree. We've got, got to give him time, especially when he's not had many minutes in the squad. And then you bring them in and expect him to be able to just to just hit the ground running. And I think for signings, the, the mega million signings that we're never going to make, like City with Grealish for 100 million, I think you're a bit more entitled to expect more and from someone that's come from the same league as well. But yeah. Yeah, there's all the things to take into account, like you said, that I think he's he's definitely earned himself the right to to a bit more more time. And yeah, I, I hope he's involved next season as well. And I, I can't see why why he wouldn't be. Firstly, I would say don't sit next to Andy Street because that will happen. <laughs> you just say, we just, just it's just common sense. Um you're right, and I'm just Googling Edward. He's twenty four, so I mean he's got so much time left. He's not, you know, he's not a he's he's not an experienced over the hill striker. I mean, God, I think Murray was thirty when we signed him, wasn't he? I was pushing thirty. Um, so this is a very different striker. So um, yeah, but it is just nice. I mean, I think it was my dad at the weekend, or or, or maybe Rob afterwards, was saying it was a flip. It was a flip to previous weeks. So in previous weeks, you're looking at the starting lineup with Mateta going, okay, fair enough. Looking at the bench, going like, wow, look at those options. Because on, on yeah. Saturday we played all the options. So you're looking at the yeah. bench, going. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, actually, they're all starting. But at least we do have these these options. And again, we've talked before about Mateta, Benteke and Edward being three different strikers. And if you could somehow combine them in some sort of freaky I don't know, experiment, you'd have the best striker in the Premier League. But we're just going to have to deal with the different qualities they bring. But I think um, the writing's on the wall for, for Christian, though. Um, the lack of appearance on Saturday is one thing, but the fact that he... Uh, his manager was encouraging the Down syndrome squad to tell him to run faster during the training <laughs> session. Yeah. Probably, probably says more, but yeah, I, I just on Benteke, I do think it might be the right time for parting of the ways. There's a two-year contract signed last summer, so there's there's value if Palace want to cash in and, and get a return on that money. And you know, I know he's on less wage than he was previously, but still, that's a substantial substantial wage. And and for the guy himself, he he is a quality player. There, he he should be able to go and get minutes. Um, elsewhere and there's a world cup for him possibly as well for belgium so i, I really wouldn't be surprised if um if uh, christian and, and crystal palace uh, separate uh separate ways part ways part ways That's yeah the, like a sorry yeah, yeah. Separate, yeah um, i mean he's been really committed but i don't think he's been that committed no yeah. um i guess so grace that does leave you i think i think jack's probably right i think that probably will happen um but that does leave you with, I guess, a, a spot up front. You'd expect someone else to come in because that would leave you with, I guess, Ed, Edward and Mateta as your number nines. Although Edward, I mean, it was quite rare for him to be up front on his own uh, at the weekend, has been used out wide. Um, at IU, I guess, as a backup, Wolf can play there. But you'd expect Palace probably then, if Benteke does go, to fill that with another striker? Yeah, I'd expect that would be on on their radar if they're not 
not already looking um whether whether that's going to be someone permanent or someone that fills fills the loan spot i suppose it depends on how the rest of the tra- summer and the transfer window transpires um but yeah i'm sure it'll certainly be on on the list I'm glad you said loan that's brought me beautifully onto the next question from ljc hey ljc hello lj ideal loan signing in the summer question mark jack connor gallagher <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> six months six months for connor six months for connor be absolutely lovely um i don't know i haven't really thought about uh be beyond that mate someone from chelsea i'm about to say I'll be someone from chelsea yeah. <laughs> Some, someone else from chelsea don't know um yeah i haven't really thought about it but yeah i mean if you if you ask me my ideal and if 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 a permanent signing of connor would would blow the transfer budget then i wouldn't want to spend all of our money on, on one player but if there was scope for a uh, an extension of this loan deal for for half a season I'd be all over that I think if we get one more player from Chelsea next summer I think we've then got all the stamps in our loyalty card and I think we get a free player <laughs> from Chelsea a free one at the end of next yeah. season yeah I think that's yeah. how that works um you get Kennedy brilliant <laughs> so it's actually not worth it at all like <laughs> no. like all those things a complete scam complete yeah. scam yeah um I, he played the other day didn't he I couldn't believe he was still at Chelsea it's unbelievable yeah he's now 47 <laughs> Um, listen, he played, let's he's, go- played for, he's played for every club in the Turkish Super League. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the full house. <laughs> he's done everyone. He's got his Turkish Super League. Can't believe it. I mean, that that is their model, like extended, isn't it? The the like keeping players on on the books for maintaining their value, but to the point where the player has no value because yeah, yeah. people forget he exists. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Quite. Um, well, speaking of, Len, let's go into a bit of a fantasy world because uh, Nav. Hello, Nav. Actually, hey, Nav. Nav. We all know Nav. Um, he said, um, if you could add one player from Palace's top flight history into this squad, who would it be and why? In brackets, little caveat, at their ability level while at Palace. Uh, and he's put, I can't decide between, oh, this is, oh, these are three good options. Kabai, Wright or Armstrong, who'd be the perfect lone striker. Or, I, I, do you know what, Grace? I think... Even though I don't think we need him as much, I think I go for Kabai just to see him back on the pitch because I, one hundred percent, was in love with that guy. Um, but who who would you who would you bring back? Well, out of those three names, it's tricky because only Kabai is the only one that is my sort of era. The other oh, two predate burn. me a bit. That's such a burn. <laughs> burn. <laughs> <Burning>. <laughs> um, but yeah, even without that, I I would probably gravitate towards Kabai just because of how important that that midfield position has been to us over the years, how well he played it in the squads that wasn't quite where it is now. So to think what he could do in this current squad would just be, yeah, I think he'd be phenomenal. Actually, Jack, I might change mine because I completely forgotten, of course, that, that I'd probably bring back Amir Karic, I think, just to slot in at left back. Um, yeah, top, probably, the, top. Probably, probably the worst player that's ever played for Palace. For me, for me, yeah, he's captain of that team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> captain of the worst Palace 11 I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, he got subbed. He got subbed off after like twenty minutes. One game, didn't he? Like he, he took himself off. <laughs> yeah, went to so Sainsbury's. Awful. Terrible. And then, and then I think he played the next summer in Euro two thousand and four. And I was like, that can't be the same guy that he, played twenty he, minutes for us against Wimbledon or wherever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a pretty good career, didn't he, for, for Slovenia? Certainly oh, played at Euro two thousand. Um, maybe, oh, maybe that's maybe. Or maybe no, he played at World Cup two thousand and two. That's what he did. So he played on the world stage. <laughs> <laughs> amazing amazing um no he's not my answer for, for this one okay, that's fair uh, when i was reading that question 
one of the person that sprang to mind, he then answered, he then said Chris Armstrong would be would be right up there for me because I think Chris Armstrong, when playing for Palace, in fact, when he went on to play for for Spurs, played in a two um, for Palace. You know, that's Paul Williams or Paul Stewart, Andy Priest, George and Dar, Bruce Dyer. But whoever Armstrong played up top with, he was one of two. Um, but I think the skill set that he showcased while a Palace player, wonderful player, great in the air, electric on the on the ground, great finisher. He is your modern day number nine. And I know we talked about in the first half that many clubs are moving away from that number nine, but he was his value in this current transfer market. Yeah. You know, someone that he's he's perhaps not as quick as um Chris Armstrong, but someone like Tammy Abraham yeah. is in that is in that mould um of you know being a great finisher, good in the air, good interplay. So Chris Armstrong's value in the modern market would probably be between 50 and 60 million, to be honest, which is mad. Um, but he uh, he was a wonderful player. And I think at the peak of his powers, him and this Palace team with, you know, Elise on one side, Zaha on the others, um, would it be a case of uh, get the passports, guys? We're off to uh, we're off to the <laughs> continent. He was great. And I think, yeah, the, mo- the modern game would actually probably suit him even better than uh, than uh, than he, he experienced in the 90s. Yeah, love, great player, wonderful player. Yeah, Armstrong's a great shout. He, he went to Spurs for 4.5 million. 4.5. Which actually, in, in this current uh, climate, probably is about 20, 25 million quid, isn't it? Yeah, but well, probably more. I mean, I think he was our, our record signing, um, or record, sorry, record sale. He was our record signing at one point, I think, but our record sale until we sold AJ for 8.5 yeah. to Everton. So that, I mean, yeah, it was an expensive sell at the time, but yeah, probably, yeah, at least 25 million. The thing is, anyone. I'm just thinking about anyone more recent. Pretty much all plays for us. I mean, Wilf. You know, in a couple of years, you did this question. You say Wilf 100, percent but he, he literally plays for us at the moment. So you can't you can't pick him. But and then you, going through the current team, and Anderson and Gahey will be up there for people in Mark 10, Gay, 20 Mark years Gay, time. Yeah, Mark Gay at the peak of his powers in three years' time. So if we could bring Mark Gay back from the future, <laughs> yeah. then yeah, we might be you know even better then. But. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. The, the current team is stocked with some some great talent. And uh, if you go from position to position, there probably aren't many candidates from the Premier League era that would be an improvement. I can't, particularly this current spell. Yeah. You know, you can go back to maybe Nigel Martin, Chris Coleman, Southgate, Richard Shaw, uh, John Solarco. You could talk about those players at the peak and see if they're comparable. Grace has no idea who any of those people are. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm going to stick with Chris Armstrong. Do you know who I just suddenly thought of? Because I was thinking about what position what position do we really need to say summer? Matt Janssen. And now I'm not for once, I'm not gonna say <laughs> Matt Janssen. Although he although he could really slot in anywhere across the front three. Um uh it's right back. We need an upgrade at right back. And actually, Mark Edworthy, or Cheddarworthy, I guess, if you're on brand for this, wow, this week's pod. Um seamless. Um was actually a very attacking right back. And and um and obviously these days fullbacks are essentially wingers. So I wonder if Sort of 1997 Mark Edworthy might actually be a, a decent inclusion to the current setup. I think you've been charmed by the curtains there, mate. <laughs> I have, which I tried to have at the time as well as a, <laughs> yeah, the Mark a year old. Yeah, everyone else walks into the playground trying to be one of the Backstreet Boys, and you're <laughs> you're walking in trying to be Mark Edworthy. Yeah, nice. What do you? you such a glimpse into my teenage life. Oh, it's very depressing. Yeah, no, and, there's, a, there's, a, there's a shout. Yeah, I mean, uh, I stick, stick with current vintage Joel Ward over. Yeah, but Joel. Just... Okay, combo. Joel Ward with '90s curtains. <laughs> he was in the Backstreet Boys. 
look, great question as well. And um, we'll retweet it and people can uh, uh, tweet and give their suggestions as well. Yeah, it'd be great. Then I'm sure we're missing a blindingly yeah. obvious one. Yeah. yeah. Attilio Lombardo <laughs> literally played for it in the World Cup. Um, because uh, these are the kind of questions we like towards the end of the season, because we can start to 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 you know fantasize a little bit because uh, Palace are actually safe and we could have to worry about current football at all. But there you go, great questions. Thank you very much. Keep sending your questions in for the next couple of weeks, and, and we'll try and read them out. And if you want to send in more sort of fancy questions like that, please do, and we'll, we'll indulge them because it's the right time of season to do that. Um, but we do have games left to play, unfortunately. Um, and after the break, we're going to preview the next game, which is uh, Villa away. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insights said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin-rated restaurants, or the array of outstanding dishes that'll have you coming back again and again. But executive chef Guillaume Rabin of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true, and there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. When it comes to business travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Oh, sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold meetings or the Michelin dining or the innovative industries that'll make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at Orlando for Business. Welcome back to the Five Pound Podcast. Hey, Pod Four Two Seven, sponsored this week by Little Mouse, a fantastic new cheese and wine shop in Norwood, and you can get a bespoke selection of cheeses for just seventeen pounds and pick them up. After the Man United game, last game of the season, May 22nd, um, pre-order only. Just go to littlemousecheese.com slash FYP to order. And Jack, if he was still around, I'm sure that this person would order some cheeses from Little Mouse. Camembert head. Cam- Doesn't really work because he'd be Camembert head, which um, it just makes him sound very French. Or like he's got a bear head. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate I don't think that's a bad thing, but yeah, that, that works. We, we, it's, a sh- it's a shame we don't have a part five because... <laughs> They're getting better. You could have Jim Cannon Bear's head. Does that combine that? Stick with the first one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, what about Craft Dairy, Alan Lee? 
<laughs> I no. can't even. I can't. Dairy Allen. Dairy Allen. Dairy Lee Allen. No, I can't no. get it. So I don't know what okay. you're trying to do there. Sorry. Um, right. Villa away at the weekend. Villa away on uh, Sunday. Villa and Palace both safe now. So a few weeks ago, you might have looked at that thinking it might be a little bit edgy. It's not going to be at all. Uh, Villa got a good result at the weekend at Burnley, which um, obviously uh, Everton will be delighted with. Um, so there. I don't know, Grace. What were we thinking? End of season dead rubber, four four. What, what, what do we think? One of those games that you can't really tell. I guess at this stage of season. That would be nice. We always love a love a goal fest. Um, yeah, hard to tell whether it's going to be a a sort of both teams looking a bit like they've got their flip flip flops on and ready for the beach, or if it's going to be one where it's an opportunity for maybe some fringe players or players who don't always get so many minutes to to show why they should be kept on or given some more more minutes next season from both clubs. Um, so I guess guess we'll just have to have to wait and see. I mean I hope that I know that we can still still beat our um previous Premier League record tally. So it would be nice if we could to try and to try and top that. So hopefully the incentive is is there for that and and to just finish as high high up the table as we can. Yeah so 50 49 points obviously is, is our best ever Premier League return. Uh, we're on 44, so five points off it with three games to go. So quick maths here, JD, that's nine. We could get 53, um, which would be fantastic. And actually, Jack, looking at the fixtures we've got left, I know obviously Villa, as Grace says, probably on the beach, I guess, like us. Um, Everton are going to be battling for every point. Man United are appalling at the moment. You could see Palace getting six points in those games, actually, and hitting the magic 50. <clears throat> It'd be great, wouldn't it? Would be really good. Would um, just about sum up Vieira's first season as Palace boss if we do get to that fifty-point mark. Did you say forty-nine is the part? Was that Pardew in yeah, 20, I, 2015? 40, 15. 2014, 15? 15, I think so. Yeah, and that was great because that second half of the season was, was really fun. That was the um, that was winning at Anfield in Gerrard's last game, wasn't it? That was that season. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it would be great, and you know. The, the the Everton game, I think much will depend on what happens between now and then for Everton. I think Goodison could be <laughs> quite the place next yeah. Thursday yeah. if um, if they still need points. Um, I hope Palace are looking to book a hotel as far away as possible <laughs> from from the Merseyside area um, and keep the keep the location a secret. Um, but yeah, it's 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 there for Palace if they want it. And I think we talked last week with Dom about. Uh, I was going to say Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, Dale. Get it right. Come on. Wednesday, sorry, sorry. Um, I was going to say about Southampton because there was a suspicion that they might be on the on the beach and yeah. the question was, are we on the beach? I don't think we are. I think Vieira is really riding this wave. He knows there's a good thing about Palace at the moment. I think he wants to maximise everything. I mean, every every point um, and every league position is a is a sign that he's the right man for Palace. I mean, there, there's no doubt that he is at the moment, but towards the board. So that could be an extra signing in the summer. That could be another yeah. loan signing. That could be whatever he wants it to be. That's whatever he wants to sell it to be. So there's, you know, personal gain for him, but also you've got this issue of the higher up the league you finish, the better the prize money. So there are things for Palace to achieve here. Um, I was hoping Villa were on the on the beach um, and maybe they will be after their good win the other day. They're, that win, you know, just about takes them out of any scope yeah. of relegation, I think. But they did what they did, sorry, on Saturday, they did what they do well you know, against Burnley, they're, they're quick to turn from um, defence to attack and they they get players up the pitch very, very quickly. Um, the only thing that I 
wouldn't mind if you know hope hope we win but um i did have a charity bet at the start of the season that danny Ainge would score um 15 premier league goals so if palace could win 9-8 that'd be pretty good <laughs> on sunday um because otherwise i um i will have lost that bet although happy to pay the uh the money to the charity that we agreed but um, I think uh, it's there for Palace if they want it. I think he'll go strong with the team lineup. You know, we talked about youngsters in uh, in the winners and losers section. I think he'll start with a strong team, and if there's room to bring maybe a, a Raksaki on or a Scott Banks or someone like that, then he may well do. But I think the the ambition at kickoff on Sunday will be to go and get the three points. Yeah, what are you thinking, Grace, for lineup? Do we th- we talked about Edward in 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 our uh, in part three, didn't we? Um, that he's probably earned a start. Possibly same sort of lineup, although I guess it's different at home, isn't it? Than going away. Yeah, I wonder if he might not go quite as all out attacking as as we did against Watford, despite it only producing the one goal in the end. But um yeah, and it'll be interesting to see, like we said earlier about planning for life post Gallagher, what um what sort of tact he takes in that regard. Because I don't think James MacArthur was on the bench on Saturday was he I don't think so no. I don't remember seeing his name no no so I don't know whether whether he goes and maybe gives gives Schlupp the knob to start and goes goes for that and he also gives us a bit of an, an attacking edge whilst also keeping that sort of a little bit more of a defensive onus so yeah it'll be be interesting to see see what he goes for and hopefully Gay recovers from the knock he had at the end of Saturday's game um, and whether whether Mitchell starts again, who knows? Um, that reminds me, actually, because someone messaged. I've, I've, I tried to... Obviously, this pod's going to be so long, so I can't talk about Joel Ward each week because I know Jack has like stuff to do and like work to do. Um, <laughs> but someone did message Andy Hooper. I kind of think Ward plays so much better on the left. Thoughts, question mark, Andy all the way from Oz. Hello, Andy. Hey, Andy. Um, and actually, Jack... I don't know, mate, if it is going to be Wardy's last season. We don't know what's happening there. What? Who have you been talking to? I don't know. I mean, I don't, it's got, last season? I thought he's got... Is it not his deal? No, he's got, he's got another year, don't Oh, you, okay. Don't sorry, do sorry. Me, so it's a testimonial. It's a testimonial thing in my head. You know, it makes me think it's... Um, but we are seeing a lot of Wardy towards the end of the season, and, and he is doing a job. So I don't know if maybe Vieira is just sort of happy to see the season out with him and give Tyreek time to sort of recover ahead of, you know, next season. I think we'll see Tyreek back... I don't know whether it'll be this Sunday or not, but I think there's a there's a uh, maybe an argument that Wardy's shown in the last few games at left back maybe a better quality than he had at right back in his previous performances at right back. Maybe that's because given it's his weaker foot on that side, there's not an expectation for him to to bomb on, and and that goes to Kearney on the other side. So I, I don't know, but I think yeah, Wardy did well, and then he did well when he came inside to cover at centre half. Um, but I think there's a good chance we'll see Mitchell back in the team. I, I wonder whether the Mitchell thing was, was maybe the, the fitness issue that he had, but also given the, you know, the massive mental challenges he's faced in the last few months of an England call up, yeah. all the exposure he had with England, then the mistake at Wembley, which nobody holds against him, but it was a mistake at Wembley. Maybe Vieira just feels, and Vieira knows so much about the, the high quality end of the game that Vieira just felt, I'm going to take you out the firing line for a couple of weeks. And, and I've got someone who I trust clearly in Joel Ward that can go and do a job there. So, yeah, I, I think it was the right time to take Tyreek out, but I think it's probably now the right time to bring Tyreek back in for the last three games. The person that beat Tyreek up the most for that mistake was was himself. He clearly yeah, was, exactly. is, a, is a very thoughtful yeah. kind of inward person. So, um, But as you say, dealing with that and managing that all part of the, re- the recovery and a part of sort yeah. of progressing as a professional footballer and he's it's, been it's nice that fantastic. we have the le- it's nice that we have the points in the bank and the performances 
uh, and particularly the, the Southampton win, I guess, took off the pressure to have to get him back in the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thing, things have gone in their favour and I think it's been managed very well. Agreed. I think we've also managed this episode very well, guys. We've covered a lot of topics. It's been a, it's been a really good one. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, we'll be back, obviously, next week to review that uh, Villa game. Um, patrons will get a post-match podcast from me and Selzy, I think, um, after the game on uh, Sunday. Um, and that's it for this week. So, Grace, thanks for thanks for um, being back on the pod. Thanks for having me. It's been a a, a gooder one. Hey, there we go. There we go, Jack. There's pressures on Jack now. <laughs> um, thanks for coming on, Jack. I've got nothing. <laughs> oh, Stilton, can I do anything with Stilton? No, got nothing. Uh, no, sorry. No, my mind's Gorgonzola blank, but uh, that, that's not even one either. Oh, that terrible. That does not even <laughs> Sorry, Lester. And JD, I'm sorry that I've mocked you throughout this pod for your puns, because actually it's a lot harder than it would appear. So, yeah. sorry. It's a lot hard, harder cheese than it no, would have been. No. No. Um, well, anyway, speaking of cheese puns, obviously, please do check out Little Mouse um, in Norwood, a uh, fantastic new cheese and wine shop, and they are doing a very special bespoke selection of cheeses for just £17 for FYP listeners from littlemousecheese.com slash FYP. You can pre-order now, pick up after the Man United game. And who knows, former Palace defender Cheddar Brang- Cheddar Brangeland, I screwed that up, Cheddar Hangeland might be there. <laughs> He he might uh, he might. That's be a there. good one. That's, that's, that's good not one. bad to end on, is it? That's, that's not too bad. Anyway, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you all again very soon. Goodbye. Podcast Network.